before we begin, let us start with a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll see where we go from here. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you've uh, given me. Thank you for my friendship with Papa that he has allowed me to use the studio. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to grow his vision and his purpose that you've put in his heart of music and spreading peaceful and love music to the world. Amen. Amen. So what I want to start with, what I'm teaching today is uh, the title is Simple Explanation of Being Born Again, because we have a lot of uh, all different types of ideas of what being born again is. And I just want to add my uh, two cents in this topic. Now, I'm just going to answer the basic questions. What is being born again? Why get born again? Where does it happen? And uh, how does it happen? And we'll start with what is being born again. So when somebody asks you, what does being born again mean? What do you answer? Let me drink a little water. So, let us go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and see what Paul tells us being born again is. And this is the King James Version that I'm reading out of. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, when we were unbelievers we were in the kingdom of the devil and then we were born when we were born again we were moved into the kingdom of light and that's in simplest form that is what being born again means being born being taken from the kingdom of darkness and born into the kingdom of god that is the, the basic definition and then in let us go if you have a Bible with you, I pray that you do. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. And this is the King James Version once again. And this is what it says. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And that once again is reinforcing that when we were in the kingdom of darkness and we were born again, we were taken from that kingdom and put into the kingdom, born into the kingdom of God. And you don't have to turn there, but in Psalms 51 verse 5, it says, all were born. In my mother, actually, the what David says is, in sin did my mother conceive me. And from that, we can see that we were all born into sin or into the kingdom of darkness. And then in John, let's turn to that one. John chapter 1, verse 13. This is what it says. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And that's what, what happened when we were born again. We were born of God from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom. And that's the basic what is being born again. That is the very elementary teaching of being born again. Coming from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. 
Now, the next question we have to ask is, why get born again? Why do I want to get born again? And in Genesis 2, God told Adam the day that he eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he will die. And then you see in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 and 7, Adam eats, eats the tree and they die. And when I say Adam, you have to understand that when God created the man and the woman, he, he named both of them Adam. And you see that, actually, I, I will read that scripture for you. And it's in Genesis chapter 5. Verse 2, and this, this is what it says. Once again, this is the King James Version. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. So he called both of them Adam. The woman gets called Eve after the fall, and Adam is the one who names her. So, and when you hear the Bible talking about death, Depending on the context, it might be talking about spiritual death. And in the context of Genesis chapter 1, when God told Adam, the day you eat of that fruit, you shall die. He's talking about spiritual death, which is separation from God. Now, when they committed treason, and which is punishable by death, they were dead. But the interesting thing is they go on to live for 900 years. And so this means that God meant a different kind of death, which is the spiritual death I just explained. Now, in Genesis, chap not Genesis, but John chapter 17, verse 3, and let us turn there. And if you're listening to this, you will turn to a lot of scriptures. So either write them down as quickly as possible, or just, I mean, this is a recording so you can rewind and get the scripture. But so John chapter 17, verse 3, and this is Jesus speaking. Listen to what it says. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So when Adam were in the garden, when I, when I say Adam, I mean both the man and the woman. They had a relationship with God and the Lord will reveal himself to them. But when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were separated from God. I'm sorry. My producer over here almost fell. And that was funny. But anyway. Let's get back on topic. When Adam were in the garden, they had a relationship with God and the Lord will reveal himself to them. But when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were separated from God. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all life, as we see in John chapter 1 verse 4. So that is, once again, spiritual death, separation from God, who is life. Now, the death that God meant, which is once again, I want to emphasize this so that you understand when you see death in the, when God talks about death here, he's talking about spiritual death. Now, in John chapter 14, verse 6, it's, Jesus says that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Now, since God is life, 
And if you're separated from life, that means you're joined to death. And that's what happened when Adam fell. They were separated from life and they were joined to death. And from the day he sinned, from that day, death reigned over us. And you can see that. And let's turn there. Romans chapter 5 verse 14. This is what it says. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. What is, this, is, what is Paul saying? Death reigned over us. And because of Adam's sin, death came in and had the opportunity to reign over us. So unbelievers walk under the power of death. And the ultimate fruit of the power of death is physical death. Before physical death, there are a lot of fruits of death. And you can see the fruits of death in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 to 68. And this is all the curses that you see God talking about them. And all this is fruits of death. Hmm. Now, so where does it happen when you get born again? Because right now, so so far we have covered what, what is being born again. And we now know it's when we come from the kingdom of darkness and born into the kingdom of God. And now we also know why get born again. Because when Adam sinned, we all... Everybody who came from Adam was born into sin. And we know for us to have communion with God, we have to be born again into his kingdom. So that's the reason why we get born again, so that we can have communion with the Father the way he intended it to be. Now, where does it happen? You know, have you thought about that? Where does it happen? So, let us... Go to John chapter 3, verse 3. And in John chapter 3, verse 3, this is what Jesus says. Jesus answered, now actually let's start from verse 1. So we can get the context of what's going on. That's my producer once again. He actually, uh, his name is Papa. Uh, we met our freshman year in high school. Uh, we were in the same gym class and the funny story. Very first day. We walk. This is gotta understand. I just came from Kenya. I literally three months before I was in Kenya. This was school starts in September, so I don't know anything about America. I've been just the, the three months I was mostly in the house, and then so we go to the gym. I'm sitting all the way in the back, and then he walks in, and he's, I think he sits 
Because I said the very top bleacher, I think he said like two bleachers away. And then the teacher, the gym, gym teacher is going around asking for names. So she gets to him and then she asks, so what's your name? He's like, Papagora. <laughs> and then nobody understands what he's talking about. And some other people are thinking that he's making fun. Like he's just making up a new name. And then she asks again, what is your name? He's like, Papagora. Oh, he's African, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, so that's, that was a while back. Anyway, let's get back to what we're talking about. So where does it happen? Where do we get born again? And uh, we were looking at John chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when, when he is old? Can he enter the same time, second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it comes from, and whither it goes. So, I, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. Now, that was a mouthful. Hmm. So this is a couple of things that Jesus points out. In the, his answer, he points out a lot of great truths. And the first one is, one must be born of water and the Spirit. Now, this statement puts the restrictions on who can get born again and the method of being born again. And the first restriction is one must be born of water. This means natural birth. That means that they have to be a human being to be born again. And it automatically excludes non-human entities like demons and fallen angels. So what Jesus is saying, only human beings can be born again. And now the second restriction is one must be born of the Spirit. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And there is no... so. The Holy Spirit is the only one who's been legally given the permission to be able to born, to rebirth people into the kingdom of God. And to just bring more clarification, because I know whether some of you have ever heard that or not, and I don't know who's going to listen to this. I'm kind of going off topic here. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created the angels too. And we all know this, Lucifer, who was the name of the devil at the time, when he fell, 
actually now we're not gonna look at that scripture when he fell he led a race a group of angels a third of the angels to revolt against god and we all know they all were defeated and when jesus says when he put the reason why um, he mentions that restriction is because those angels who fell they were not and actually in the book of hebrews chapter Two, it says angels look into the things of salvation because they don't. Actually, let's go there and turn and see what it's talking about. And that is Hebrews chapter 2. And I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. Are we there? I gave you time to get there. And we will start. We'll just start from verse 1. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation? That was first announced by the Lord himself, by the Lord Jesus himself, and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak. And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. And furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. For in one place the scripture says, What are mere mortals that you think about about them, O son of man? You should care for him. Yet you made, only, you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not, seen, not yet seen all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus who was given a position a little lower than the angels and because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tested death for everyone. God for whom and through whom everything was made chose to bring many children into glory and it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering a perfect leader fit to bring them into their salvation. Now Jesus, now, so now Jesus and the ones he make holy have the same father, and that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said, I will proclaim your name to, to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. And uh, let's uh, go, no, I will just keep reading. He also said, I will put my trust in him that is I and the children God has given me because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The son also became flesh and blood for only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. 
Only in this way will he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. I'm going to read that again. This is verse 16. We also know the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that will take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Why did I just read all that? I want you to see the salvation was just for us human beings, not for angels. And that's, that's Hebrews 2.16 that emphasizes that. I'm going to read it again. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. And this is talking specifically about, I know it doesn't mention it, but this is my interpretation of that. Specifically talking about the fallen angels who fell. But he said, it says he came to help the descendants of Abraham. And now, now if somebody who's listening to this for the first time is saying, I'm not a Jew. How am I a descendant of Abraham? That doesn't make any sense. I'm glad you asked that. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Remember he says, the descendants of Abraham. And then, we'll start, uh, well, let's start at verse 9. So all who, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. You see that? So, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the Lord to make them right or righteous with God under his curse, for the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that, were, that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. In verse 13, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he, hung, when he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing, for it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles. And I'll pause to explain. The, the Gentiles are the non-Jewish people. That's what the Jews called them. And actually, I believe it was a, a derogatory word that the Jews called the Gentiles. But so when he says Gentiles, he's talking about all the non-Jewish people, which is us. So this is what he says, verse 14, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that 
who we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. And that's the connection. That's how we Gentiles or non-Jews can receive the same blessing God promised the Jews by believing in Jesus. Now, that was a little off topic, but kind of added on to what I was trying to say. What you think, Papa? Thank you. Now, so the second restriction is one must be born of the Spirit, and I've already talked about that. Another truth, in, now we're back talking about John chapter 3, verse 3 to 8. And I already earlier, if you were not paying attention, this is, we're talking about that now. Another truth is what part of man can be born again? Because you have to understand man is a triune being. He's made up of three parts. He's made up of the spirit, the soul, and the body. And the body is made up of the five senses, which we all know. The soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the spirit is made up of our conscious communion and intuition. And for some, if you heard this for the very first time, you're probably like, what is that dude talking about? But let's go to, if you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. I'm not going to have, take a lot of time to build on this, but this is what it says. Because now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and make your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. He identifies our whole being right there. Spirit, soul, and body. And also, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 2. I mean, chapter 12, verse 7. It says, uh, when we die, our spirit goes back to the Lord and our body goes back to the ground. And... Also, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I keep my body under. He does not talk. He, if you look at that statement, you know what? Let's turn there. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. I'm going to read this from the King James But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I keep my body under. He refers it as a different thing because he is the spirit. And I want to say this. When we get born again, our spirit is made righteous. It's renewed, it's reborn, and it's made just like Jesus. And you see that in First John chapter 5, verse 18. He says, as he is, so are we in this world. Because he is righteous, I am righteous. And that's just our spirit. And this is how, for you, I want to say, I will say it like this for you to understand. When I get born again, my spirit is made righteous. My soul will is made righteous. I actually scrap that. Let me change how I want to say that. 
I'm going to use a different word. When I get born again, my spirit is perfected. My soul is being perfected. And my body will be perfected on resurrection morning. So I'll repeat that again. My spirit is made perfect. My soul is being made perfect by the renewing of my mind, by studying the scriptures, by spending time with him. That's how my soul, my mind, my will and my emotions are, is getting perfected. And my body will be perfected in resurrection morning. Okay. So how does it happen? How do I get born again is a question. And hopefully a lot of you who will listen to this will want to get born again. And uh, we'll see that in Romans chapter 10 verse 19. No, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 13. This is what it says. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes, believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that right there is a very foundational teaching of what being born again is. And uh, I want to thank you and I want let's pray and believe that these seeds will be sown into the hearts of the many who will listen to this.